Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the fifth ever episode of the ACE Performance Training Podcast with our very special guest, Scotty Nelson. Scotty is the founder of OTM as well as the owner of My Lucky Geek Company, Black Belt, and American Jiu-Jitsu Pioneer. Welcome and good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Um, so I just wanted to kind of get to know you a little bit. Um, you know, you, you seem to have a very interesting life and I kind of wanted to find out about back in the beginning when you first started your jujitsu journey. Sure. Mentioned. Well, uh, I'm a Leo. I like walk, long walks on the beach and, uh, <laughs> I'm so, uh, yeah, jujitsu in 1995, uh, one of my friends, Rob, uh, Rob Carter, he trains with Megaton. Um, he was actually training before the UFC, but he showed up at my house one day with a videotape of uh, a couple of the early UFCs with old Hoist Gracie working his magic. Uh, I was doing some boxing at the time, and uh, once I saw that uh, little skinny Brazilian guy get in the cage and, and whoop up on everybody, I was like, I got to try this stuff. So um, I started training jujitsu uh, with him. Uh, but I, I live pretty far away. So I was living in Hollywood and uh, the school he was going to was down in Newport Beach. Oh, wow. Hour, hour, 15 minutes drive. Some yeah. days, two hours with that L.A. traffic. Uh, so I was only getting down there a couple times a week. Uh, classes were $60 each and they would have us drill three techniques and uh, no, no live sparring. We had to work our way through a system of, of drilling three moves. Uh, before we were allowed to spar. So later then uh, I switched jobs and I moved up to Northern California to Mountain View. And uh, one day I drove by Half Gracie's school. And uh, after that, I, I immediately signed up over there with Half. Uh, that was um, December, 1995. And uh, started training uh, over there with, at that time it was Half and Caesar Gracie together. Nice. So, so you were there pretty much all throughout your, your jujitsu journey or how long were you up there? Did you move around or what was the, with, uh, yeah, I trained with Half um, for quite a bit. I, I moved to Brazil in 2002. So I started there like 1995, uh, trained there, um, went to Brazil for the first time in 1999 and okay. trained at Gracie Baja uh, with Carlinhos and Feitosa and that group. Uh, decided that I really, I really liked it a lot there, and um, actually, once 9/11 hit, um, Gumby, the other founder of OTM, he woke me up and said, "We're under attack," and we didn't have a TV at, at our house uh, at that time. We lived in the jujitsu uh, warehouse uh, over close to Half School. It was a giant former carpeting warehouse, and oh, about eight of us that all did jujitsu that lived right there, and uh, so. Uh, I saw what was going on with 9-11. I pretty yeah. much sold everything I owned down to one suitcase and three boxes. And, and I moved to Brazil for three years. Wow. How was that? How was living in Brazil? You know, living in Brazil, sometimes I like to tell people I feel like I made a deal with the devil or something. It was <laughs> um, I was buying, uh, you know, jujitsu gis and products in Brazil, shipping them back and selling them on OTM. And as I was there, Brazil was in some political unrest. So the value of the dollar kept going up and up and up. Mm. Uh, it was crazy. I would go to the ATM machine and the money in my bank would double and double and double. I wow. couldn't pull it out fast enough. I'm like, when's this going to stop? <laughs> um, 
Um, and so, yeah, it was a, it was a really good time. Um, you know, on the mat.com is the oldest still running, um, jujitsu, you know, it used to be called Valley Tudo MMA website, uh, on the internet. We were the first website to post, uh, downloadable video matches of jujitsu matches. I got to meet the world famous Paki Ta. Uh, he was an old school, uh, videographer. A lot of people don't even know who he is. Uh, anymore, but in some ways, he's probably responsible for the spread of jujitsu worldwide, at least on that first or second wave, uh, than anyone because we used to all copy his tapes, watch his tapes, and, and they went worldwide. So, spent a lot of time with him and Carlson Gracie, really getting to know the old, old school guys and how jujitsu was back in the day. Yes, yes, it's definitely evolving. <laughs> no, yeah, a lot. It's not even the yes. same. No, no, completely. Yeah, it's like you you feel it. You could feel it when you're training with different people, you know, whether they're newer or more old school. Sure. Well, <laughs> and, gray hair gives it away these days. You know? uh, <laughs> or even people, like if they're learning from more old school style, you know, you'll feel it in just the way they do things. Too. <laughs> yeah. um, so finding My Lucky Gi, how was, how was, what what led you to that and and also even the founding of OTM like what kind of sparked those well those sure ideas? OTM came first uh I used to train jiu-jitsu at house with a guy named uh, Don Geddes Teflon Don we used to call him and um he was uh he was very big in the tech world I think he made the first pay-per-click um like search engine back in the day and uh Gumby uh who has uh heroes uh, up in, in San Jose, uh, he was working for a company that was working on compressing video for for the internet. You know, this was pre uh, DSL or anything. You had to plug your modem into the phone line, and and, yep. and then my brother Cade, uh, who's a black belt under Eddie Bravo, um, he was working uh, for a company that had a large server farm. So I had free hosting space, and we were working on video stuff. And uh, I was working for a company that was a subsidiary of Microsoft. And one of the guys there, uh, he was a motorcycle racer. And I was getting into racing motorcycle. But it was so expensive because the tires every weekend was like $1,000. I was like, how do you afford this? <laughs> yeah. He said, well, I created my own company and I sponsor myself. So I write off everything uh, off my taxes. And I said, oh, I could do this with jujitsu. I'm going to all these tournaments and everything. Um, so I had seen copies of, uh, Tatami magazine and somebody had mistranslated it to me and told me that it meant on the mat. And so I was like, well, that's a cool name. Yeah. Let me get that one. So I bought the URL and, uh, Gumby and I started publishing, I guess what you would call blogs now or call blogs back then. And, uh, then we started to, uh, you know, put videos up on, uh, on the internet. And so they were really tiny little videos. You had to wait overnight to watch them. And it evolved from there into people emailing me saying, Hey, this, I can't get this video to download. Can I send you some money to put that match on a VHS tape? I oh. said, so, sure. So then we took a whole group of matches and we put them on that people asked for, put them on a video. And I started selling them for $40 of VHS and, when you know it, all of a sudden checks started showing up in my mailbox. So we, you know, you couldn't process credit cards back then on the internet. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and so that, you know, that just evolved more out of like the, the love of spreading uh, jujitsu, 
creating a tax write-off uh, out of my love for jujitsu and competing. That's awesome. Yeah, work the system <laughs> a little. And, uh, and, and then, so, you know, Lucky Gi really evolved because back then, the only gis you could buy in the U.S. were like these big baggy judo gis. Uh, you know, most of them were made by a company called KI. And um, the only time you could get uh, a real Brazilian jiu-jitsu gi from Brazil is when somebody came from Brazil and brought gis with them. And then you kind of had to just get what what was available, whether it fit or not. Or, you know, normally the upper belts got first dibs. And so I started looking at um, how to make gis. And I wanted okay. to make gis. And I really looked at I remember one time BJ Penn and I like laid out all our favorite geese and all of our uh, all the geese that had ripped and where they had ripped and and uh, if you've ever been to Brazil, you know like they don't really use dryers because it's so hot there. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, they definitely don't bleach stuff like we do in America, and so um, I uh, I just kind of went down the rabbit hole. There was a company down the street from me in Mountain View that made uh, racing sailboats and sails. And I stopped in there one day and said, hey, look at all these torn uniforms. Like, why are they tearing? You know, like, show me how to make them not tear. And yeah. So I got a lot of advice from them. Uh, the old style geese were really kind of like trash bags with arms in them. Everything was straight box cut. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I got introduced to a guy who made custom suits. And I said, hey, how do I make this thing fit like a suit? You know, like, and so he helped me change the patterns. Uh, to be a more tapered uh, fit. And then, uh, you know, BJ was always unbelievably flexible. And so he could do full splits, but the old style jujitsu pants, um, you couldn't, you know, the pants would catch before you could do your split. Well, him, I couldn't do splits, but. Uh, <laughs> um, and so I looked at the karate pants and I said, well, why don't you just copy karate pants there for wide kicks? And, you know, all that came about. Then I moved to Brazil and I went to as many factories down in Brazil as I could. Um, KF Fighter was one of BJ and I's favorite geese. And so um, I started working with them on designing my gi. While all that was going on, my good friend Ed Clay had a gameness come on. Okay. And he was manufacturing them in Brazil and I was helping him to get them shipped back to the US. And we found out that um, they were, they were stealing from him. They were actually making way more geese and they were shipping them all over Europe and all this and, and stealing his trademark. Oh, so no. I, I originally, I wanted to make my lucky gee with all the new ideas I had in Brazil, but I realized, oh, if I do this here, they're going to rip it off, you know, day one. So I, yeah. I lost trust in, not to say that the manufacturers I was working with, but I saw what happened with, with gameness, um, and I got worried. So <clears throat> I ended up just saying I was trying to get them made in Pakistan and, and there was no video calling like we are. It was all just email back and forth. And I uh, couldn't get a sample that was even close to what I wanted. Uh, I grew up in the Middle East in Iran and traveled the Middle East. So I said, hey, the heck with it. Uh, let me just jump on an airplane and fly to Pakistan and get this done, you know? Yeah. And what a trip that turned out to be, you know? <laughs> well, how was that, if you don't mind? I know you shared a little bit on another, if you don't mind sharing a little bit about no, how that trip was not. for you. I mean, it was it was a great trip, but it was also, I, I had the scariest day of my life there. Um, 
you know, I, I even got interviewed for that locked up abroad show about it. I didn't end up on the show, but, um, you know, there weren't too many uh, white boy gringos uh, showing up in, in a small uh, manufacturing town in, in, in Pakistan. So I, I, I tend to stand out like a sore thumb and um, I definitely did there. Uh, I ended up teaching, working with three different factories to make uh, my samples and I picked one that I ended up doing the manufacturing with. Uh, that, that led to the whole world now getting, like I saw Jeff Glover on his Instagram posted today, some uh, manufacturer from Pakistan that won't, won't leave him alone, you know, like, hello. They hound you. Hello, hello sir. sir <laughs> yes. <laughs> hello, dear. Um, and so, yeah, I just, you know, I, I took everything that I had learned in Brazil about making geese and I got geese made over in Pakistan. And, uh, um, you know, it was a, it was a crazy trip over there. I, um, you know, I thought I was going to get kidnapped one night because the locals were messing with me so bad. It was really scary. Um, you know, Pakistan, there are a lot of nice people there and everything, but it's, if you're not used to people walking around with guns everywhere they go, like literally everybody walking around with guns in plain sight. Yeah. Um, and I'm not anti-gun by any means, but it, it's yeah. a little concerning when you're getting stared at like crazy and turns yes. everywhere you go. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, <clears throat> anyway, so then I started making them in, um, in uh, Pakistan and then uh, I really wanted to make a, a hemp ghee. So I started exploring hemp and other fabrics uh, in China okay. and in Taiwan. Um, I believe uh, Howard, uh, Howard Combat Kimonos, they came out with the first hemp ghee. So they beat me to the punch. Uh, but uh, eventually, I actually, eventually while I was looking for hemp, uh, I found bamboo. And uh, bamboo is a really, really cool fabric in that it's self-wicking. Um, and it doesn't shrink and it's antimicrobial. Uh, nice. I thought at the time it was like a sustainable fabric, but it actually, I guess it's pretty bad for the environment to, to make bamboo fabric, but <laughs> jujitsu geese is great. I mean, the ghee dries itself. It'll last. Yeah. And they last. <laughs> so, you know, I just kind of went all over the world following my passion. I wanted to make a ghee that was completely different and, um, fit different, look different. A lot of people say I, I kicked off the uh, designer gi fad, and um, definitely the. Some people yelled at me for raising the price of gis. So. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I remember my first ever class. My coach let me borrow uh, the original my lucky gi, you know, the white one. Oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah, and I I, uh, I wore that, and I was like, this is nice, you know. And I remember that, so that's why it was, you know, for me, that's a fond memory because that was my right first on. ever class, you know. Well, we got to get you a new one. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> you know, and we have you, uh, you guys designing those custom ones for us that came out like beautiful. By the yeah, way, of course, we're excited. So, um, yeah. So nowadays, are you still training? Or are you? I know you were like last week, and you were like parasailing and doing all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah, so, uh, you know, <clears throat> unfortunately, while I was living in Brazil, I did not know that I had actually broke my back. I, I was wrestling with a guy named Daryl Golar. And um, he had a wrestling class at this place called Casa de Carlos. And it was this uh, wealthy guy who loved fighting. And he had a private gym at his house. And it was really the only place in Brazil where everybody could go and cross train. Uh, normally, I was the only person there who hadn't fought in UFC, fought in Pride, or won a world championships. 
uh, training. Uh, I'm not that good a wrestler, but at that time in Brazil, there's very little people actually wrestling. Um, and uh, I got slammed really hard wrestling one day. I broke two ribs. I didn't know it, but I actually ended up fracturing three vertebrae uh, as well. <clears throat> Just, you know, kept training through it uh, after my ribs healed up. Uh, eventually, I was in China making geese. I ran down an escalator and I felt a pop in my back and my S1 mm -hmm. L uh, L5 disc actually blew a piece out of it. Woke up ah. the day, couldn't walk. My leg was swollen and I ended up having to get back surgery in 2010. Um, and it was terrible. Uh, I couldn't walk for eight months. I put on like 30 pounds. I could never gain weight before that. All my hair turned gray for the first time. And it was two years before I could roll. And then um, I was rolling a little bit, getting back into it, figuring out post-surgery, how to move my body. Yeah. Rafael Lovato has been a good friend of mine for a long time. Uh, actually invited me to go to Costa Rica on a camp with him. Nice. And uh, on the second day of camp, I was just uh, doing some light drilling and I felt a pop in my back. And the next day I, I couldn't walk again. So the whole rest of the next six days of the trip, I just lay around in pain. Mm. My back was terrible. And uh, at, at the on that flight or after that flight, I kind of threw in the towel on, on training. Uh, I decided I'd rather walk than train. Um, I know what you mean. Well, fast forward to about 10 months ago. So I now own a stem cell company called Cellular Performance Institute. It's part of Chipsa Hospital, which is my cancer hospital. And um, I got stem cells put in my back and it's I got, I wish about, I knew about it when I got back surgery because uh, it's really been life changing for me. So uh, I need to work on my core strength a little bit more. Yeah, like a deep core. Yeah. You know, it helps me build my fit. I don't, you know, falling in the water isn't as painful as getting smushed by like uh, Henry Akins or one of my. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I'm, I'm going to make a comeback for sure. I've been doing some light drilling. I've been ro rolling around a little bit with people. Um, but quite frankly, uh, I'm still scared. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I totally get it. You know, it's yeah, just getting those uh, deep intrinsic core stabilizers activated and slowly working back to it. But that's so awesome. So the cancer hospital, how long have you had that? When did you found that? Uh, so it's been about eight years now. Uh, my business partner, Ed Clay, the same guy that had gameness in Nashville MMA, uh, guy's got a photographic memory. He's like a genius. And and uh, really, he's the visionary uh, pioneer of opening the hospital. Uh, we originally opened it so he could treat his mother. He found a treatment that wasn't available in America. Uh, this hospital had done that treatment more than any other hospital probably in the world, but at least North America. And uh, so we, we literally bought the hospital, reopened the hospital. His mother was a second uh, patient there. Um, she was dying from rheumatoid arthritis, not from the actual disease. Uh, but from all the medications that they gave her, she had yeah. done what they call a failed standard of care and thrown in the towel. Uh, so she came in a wheelchair, spent about four weeks with us, left walking. She's been in remission like six, seven years now. And um, so <clears throat> I basically saw what was going on down there. And, and, and literally, we see miracles all the time. That's so, crazy. Um, you know, it was it was a shift away from from MMA and jujitsu, but it was still helping people. I yes. at the time before that I had 13 on the mat fight shops, uh, but the last recession uh, really killed retail and killed them. Uh, so 
we cl had closed down those stores and um, just looking for something else, something to do. And, yeah. And uh, this just kind of popped up and, and it's been great. The, the stem cells part has been amazing. Uh, we use cellular therapies at Chipsa Hospital to fight uh, and, you know, cancer. And quite frankly, fixing a knee or a back is simple compared to trying yeah. to fix cancer. Yeah. And yeah. So uh, it's been great to have a lot of the, my same old school guys I used to sponsor in jujitsu. Now I'm sponsoring them and helping them out with stem cells and that's so and amazing. Keeping them on the mat. So uh, I just so sponsored amazing. ADCC. Uh, Mo was kind enough to let me do that. And, um, you know, looking forward to just continuing to support the uh, sport in that way with sponsorships and, and healing people up. So I have a question. Would you recommend stem cell therapy for people with like rheumatoid arthritis, fibromyalgia, or like injuries, like you said, like maybe they had mm -hmm. knee surgery or things like that? Is that? Yes. Uh, all of the above. Yeah. We treat a lot of autoimmune issues okay. uh, at our hospital. Uh, and, um, you know, even before we were doing any of the, uh, you know, degenerative disease, like joints and stuff like that, we've focused on autoimmune for years. Uh, we've been very successful with it, you know, not every time, but we're always working to get better. And, um, yeah, for sure. Like I would, knowing what I know now, I would always suggest somebody try stem cells before surgery. Yes. Yeah. Surgery I'm a so much out of your body. It does. In fact, I'm a corrective exercise specialist and mm. I'm always trying to prevent surgeries for people and kind of, you know, like get the stabilizer strong just to make sure they're not getting cut into because that really does cutting into your fascia breaks up your, your, your movement trains and, and it really can affect you, you know, and you have to rebuild all of that and it takes time. So. Uh, my back surgery is the worst thing that ever happened to me. I think like I just not walking for eight months. People don't really realize like the atrophy and the effect that it has on your body and the, and the, the surgery, like the, the quality of life from it only lasted maybe three or four years afterwards and it just got progressively worse and worse. Um, I don't think I'm going to have to do stem cells in my back again. Uh, I do have five bulging discs and one ruptured four herniated discs. So, I injected three. I plan on injecting the other ones. Nice. Uh, but like I was sore for like two weeks. I would take being sore for two weeks over two years of not being able to train, eight months of not being able to walk uh, anytime, you know? <laughs> like I agree. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's so much better. I haven't had any, I used to have nerve pain almost every day of my life. Uh, my friends used to call me old man walking because it took me so long to walk downstairs and stuff. And, um, you know, now I'm kiteboarding. I haven't had nerve pain in 10 months. Um, my, I got my MRIs on my Instagram. People can go there and actually see the improvement in my discs from the before and after MRIs. And um, there's been lots of guys that, that have come down. You know, uh, Eddie Bravo just left a couple days ago. We have fixed up his shoulder. His nice. back, we did his knee about a year ago and um, it works. That's amazing. That's, yeah. that's so amazing to hear. That's so cool. I'm going to have to talk to you. <laughs> so, yeah. About, yeah, that's so cool. Well, I look forward to, you know, seeing you like slowly work your way back on the mats too. You know, that's so cool. And what an amazing thing that you're helping people. That's so great. I'm excited. That's, that's so great. And I saw you were a, uh, 
we uh, I was doing some of the money on the mat tournaments. I saw you were sponsoring those too. That's really cool. Sure. Those are a lot of fun. So, well, thank you so much. Like this is really cool. If I wanted to ask, um, I guess if you had any advice for somebody who was looking to start training jujitsu, what would it be? I mean, just go, just get, it's all about mat time, right? Just go. I mean, that's yes. what I always loved about jujitsu. So, you know, way back in the day before there was, I, I literally to go to house, I used to take a bus for an hour, hour and 15 minutes to get there. Um, I had a motorcycle, but sometimes riding home in the cold up in Northern California, like wasn't cutting it. And so uh, a lot of times I would ride the bus or if it was raining and stuff, and I would always try to drag people with me. And the thing I love about jujitsu is it really does change people's lives. I, no matter what you have going on in your life, jujitsu makes it better. You know, I've seen people who had drug problems, depression problems, motivation problems, weight problems, diet problems, problems with their wife, problems with their kids, no matter what it is. And you get, you get on the mat and you get time on the mat and you learn how to learn. You learn, you get humble, no matter what you get. So humble. True. So uh, true. And you're doing an exercise that involves every single muscle in your body all at once, every single time. And uh, that just doesn't exist. I mean, that's the biggest thing that I've, I've missed. Uh, the other beautiful thing about jujitsu is it's the most amazing melting pot there is. It doesn't matter what race you are, what you do for work. If you're a police officer, if you're a criminal, if you're, yeah. wealthy, if you're poor, it doesn't matter. You know, when we all show up there, everybody's the same. It's all part of the same family. And uh, it's just amazing like that. If the whole world kind of worked like a, like a cool jujitsu uh, dojo, it'd be a way better place to, to live in. So, you know, nobody cares if you're gay, straight, whatever you're doing in your, in your life. Uh, when you put that gi on and you step on the mat and, you know, you, you get respect, you earn respect and uh, you really, you learn how to learn. And uh, yeah. that's something that it's, I've always really loved that anybody that I introduced to jujitsu that stuck with it, it, it changed their life in a positive way. Absolutely. I would absolutely agree. And that's the biggest thing, sticking with it, mm -hmm. sticking with it, you know, through, I'm sure you've had injuries over the years, you know, on top of that back break, you know, before um, that, and it's just, you know, still even then watching and still learning and just showing up. And listening to your body, you have to learn how to listen to your body, you know, whether it's cross training and going to the gym or in class, listening to your body or getting injured and learning that you didn't listen to your uh, body. So in something in cancer yep. treatment, we really, really teach our patients at the hospital. You know, our hospitals run a lot like an MMA uh, fight camp. So we have our hospitals, an integrative hospital. So we don't do just one style of treatment modality. We look at what's the best in alternative, what's the best in conventional, what's the latest technologies out there? How can we make them all work together? And our patients, you know, they get they get a coach, they get a psychologist, they get a nutritionist. They ha we have naturopaths uh, and we have oncologists. We have uh, uh, ND naturopathic doctors and we got MD uh, medical doctors. Uh, every patient gets a customized uh, diet plan. Um, so they're in the fight of their life. And, and Ed Clay, my business partner, you know, he's a very successful uh, businessman, but also a uh, coach. 
Uh, at one time when he was a purple belt, he had the first jujitsu school over a thousand students uh, in the United States. He's coached guys all the way up to the UFC level. And so we built the hospital to treat his mom. And so, you know, if you're if you're going to go and do an MMA fight against a karate guy like uh, Machida or somebody like you better have the best karate guy teaching you and the best anti karate guy teaching you. And how yes. can you blend those with your style together? And exactly. so that's what we try to provide for our patients. How can we give them, they're in the fight of their life. So how can we give them the coaching and every tool and, and everybody around them uh, to give them the best uh, chance to, to win their fight? That is amazing. That is so amazing. And mm -hmm. those, those treatments are so much better mm -hmm. than like chemotherapy and all those other things. Well, honestly. we use a little chemotherapy. Okay. So. Okay. So you like combine everything. Yeah. There's some cancers that respond well to chemotherapy, but we never use the full dose that they use, uh, you know, traditionally. So oh, we use what's called IPT insulin potentiated therapy. So okay. think about cancer. Cancer has love sugar. And it has, imagine one person has eight or 10 arms and you put some donuts out and you're trying to fight them for donuts. Who's going to get the most? The one with yeah. eight arms. So what we actually do is we use insulin to shut down the normal healthy cells arms so they won't collect sugar. We then take some sugar and some chemotherapy together and we put it in the body. The cancer grabs it and eats it all up. <clears throat> what happens then is that gets the cancer cells to start dying. Once the cancer cells start dying, they release what's called a danger signal. The danger signal tells the body's immune something, something bad is happening. So the immune system itself can start going and attacking the cancer. The reason why cancer manifests and grows is because the body doesn't recognize it as bad. So what we try to do is kind of like jujitsu. So imagine you're in high school and your older brother is a black belt and he already whooped everyone's ass. Well, when he yes. graduates, if you don't know jujitsu, you're going to get your ass kicked because everybody who kicked your your brother kicked their ass. Now it's your turn for the payback. And um, so that's what we're doing is we're teaching the body to have that jujitsu response, see the cancer, and then we rev the immune system up as much as we can and teach the immune system to clear the cancer. That creates what's called a durable remission. And that durable remission <clears throat> means that the body now sees the cancer stem cells, the cancer cells as bad, and will start clearing them on its own. You mm. don't need all this chemo to keep clearing it. So the more chemo you do, the more your immune system shuts yes. down. Yes. So that's more like that's the more your big brother's winning the fight. Yes. But cancer gets smart, you know, just like in a, in a fight in the first round, if you're landing a big overhand right, uh, you go back to the corner and your coach says, don't let that right hit you again. Uh, yes. Then you come back in the second round and now you can't land your big overhand, uh, your right. So it's about teaching the body how to see that and giving it the tools that it needs so that it can win the fight rather than your big brother, the chemo coming in and, and winning for you. That makes so much sense. You're teaching the body to do its own job rather than relying on the chemicals to do it for it, which is so you got smart. it. You want a job? That's hey. so smart. Hey, no, that just makes so much sense. That's so smart. You know, that's that's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. You yeah, know, I'm not I, that smart though. It's all the doctors and scientists I work with. So we well, got, got some it, working with us. You got a good team together because I'll tell you when I, back when I was a vet tech, um, I was a vet tech at VCA West LA, and they did chemotherapy on the pets, mm -hmm. and it was sad, you know, seeing them come in every single day, 
every single day. And I'm just like, my goodness, isn't there a better way, you know, like so that they're not. Chemo is a tool in your toolbox. It's a technique, you know, uh, but you yep. can't rely on any one technique or your exactly. opponent figure it out and it's going to beat you. I love the I love the synergistic integration you're doing. That's really that's 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 fantastic. Thank you. Wow. Well, you know, um, I think that everyone should go check that out. <laughs> Who's watching? Yeah. You know, uh, what what is the website to kind of check out? Uh, so that? for the cancer hospital, it's chipsahospital.org. Okay. And for the stem cells, it's uh, the Cellular Performance Institute. So at, at CPI, what we do is um, we've been taking the same uh, type of treatments that we use to get an immune response, healing response from stage four dying cancer patients. Okay. And we're taking those same um, tools and we're applying them to normal people and to athletes and especially athletes when when we so some of what we do is like hyper oxygenating the body. We use hyperbaric oxygen and we use what's called IV ozone. Uh, it's putting ozone gas into your blood. It kills any bacteria, parasites, pathogens, or viruses that are in your blood. And uh, you know, as a, as an athlete yourself, you know how important oxygen is. No yeah. oxygen, no winny fight. You know, like so uh, true. So we're hyper oxygenating the body. We're giving it all the vitamins and minerals that it needs to uh, heal and repair. And we're creating a healing response, a huge healing response, along with detoxification. Um, so I get a lot of athletes that come down. One thing is when you do IV stem cells, um, it, about 40 to 60% of the stem cells go directly to your lung because that's where all of the blood goes the most. Uh, yes. And it heals up your lungs. It eats all the inflammation, breaks down scar tissue that are in your lungs. So I frequently hear it from athletes all the time within a week or two of getting the stem cells. They just feel like their gas has gone through the roof. Nice. So, um, we, we have a lot of people from all different uh, sports that come down just, just to get that done. We also use a lot of what's called NAD, um, NAD plus it's an IV, it's a niacin derivative, uh, okay. focus your mind. Um, but also it, um, it repairs your DNA on a cellular level. So it's used for a lot of people with traumatic brain injuries and uh, we do it over three days, a lot of it. So we saturate the athlete's entire body and create that uh, DNA, cellular DNA repair. It also okay. resets your circadian rhythm, which is your sleep rhythm. Um, so you get much deeper, much longer, more REM sleep, better healing. Uh, again, we're just, we want the body to use the stem cells to naturally heal itself so you get the best overall result. That makes a lot of sense. All of that makes so much sense. That's yeah. awesome. As far as I know, we're the only uh, we're the only stem cell hospital in the world uh, that is using these protocols. Since we are an actual hospital, not just like a clinic. Yes. Uh, and since we do focus on the hardest thing uh, uh, there is, which is cancer. Like if you can bring a stage four dying cancer patient's immune system back to life and put them into remission, uh, fixing the knee or like bringing the, bringing an athlete, you know, athletes come in all the time and since they know their body, they feel like every little bit of it. You know, they, when I go in that hyperbaric oxygen chamber and uh, you get to like, we have our patients do it three times when they come down, we go very deep. The pressurized oxygen pushes oxygen into every cell deeper in your body, even pushes it through your skin okay. it into your brain more. Uh, I mean, I walk out of there, I'm ready to take on Marcelo Garcia or Hodge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to gas out. Like, 
I think I'm uh, off in there. I'm like, <laughs> your body so, feels like amazing. I mean, yeah, all that oxygen. How can your body not? Yeah, that's yeah. I'm over here up living at seven thousand feet. I'm probably low oxygen. I'm probably yeah, the yeah. opposite issue. So, and that's good for like training and stuff. But for yes. healing, you want your body to have everything it needs to heal. So you're when you come down to see us, you're going to be doing IVs with all the minerals and vitamins that you're lacking in your in your body. We're cleaning out your blood. We're fixing your DNA. We even have a machine called a pulse electromagnetic field generator. Oh, it's, you know mm -hmm. what a PMF is? Yes, I've actually I have a friend who has a machine and he does massages with it. It's amazing, huh? Right? Oh my gosh, it just gets it out right away. I just, it shoots magnetic energy into your cells. It brings mm -hmm. dying cells back to life. Um, it, it actually kind of makes your own stem cells. It vibrates the cells at the same frequency your body naturally does when it's, when your body's replicating them. So it speeds up cell replication by 400%. And we found, I mean, I used to use this on my back all the time, but one thing we found is like old injuries, um, yes. by putting the pulse electromagnetic field, machine on it before the stem cells it's telling your body to have a healing response there heal 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 it's like dunk 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 you know yeah, yeah. and, and uh, that way when you do all these stem cells your you know your body already kind of thinks you have an injury there but you actually haven't injured anything it just it's just saying heal here heal 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 here and it will just kind of direct it all right into that area you got it. Yeah. Makes sense. That's brilliant. That's yeah. I, uh, yeah. My friend Henry, he owns uh, this uh, place in Claremont and he was the only person I had ever met that used one of those machines. Mm. And, and I'll tell you, anytime I go to him, it helps a ton. So that's, that's so awesome. cool. That's so cool. And then um, also if anyone's interested, he has a really cool gi company. I would highly recommend going and checking out my lucky gi as well. Um, and then on the mat is that, do you sell apparel from OTM? Well, not currently. I got this okay. weird lawsuit going on that I've been trying to get out of for seven years. And um, so that's long. Hi, welcome to California. Everything takes forever. Yeah. Plus pandemic in the middle of there. Uh, and so, yeah, you know, I kind of had to pull back on that, but still doing the lucky geese stuff. The website's still up there. I don't update it as much, but uh, we have articles from all the way back to 1996 about the old tournaments, old videos, old matches. You know, there's a lot of good uh, historical stuff up on the site. That's awesome. And that's OTM.com? On the mat.com. I would OTM, but yeah, no. It's, I know, I know. I like when I made my business website, I was like, why didn't I like, I made mine super duper long. And <laughs> <laughs> Well, this has been such a wonderful talk. I loved hearing about everything you're doing. And where is it? Where is Chips located? So uh, we're just about 20 minutes south of um, San Diego in Mexico. Okay. I mean, Tijuana is the closest city anyone knows, but we're not actually in Tijuana. Okay. We're the first beach town. It's called Playas, which means beach. You Beaches. Know. Yeah. So we're just, you can actually see the wall. Uh, you can see San Diego from the hospital. We're about three big blocks from uh, the wall right nice. on the beach down there. And so you, you literally go over the border, make a right and just keep driving straight along the wall and you'll run into the hospital pretty much. That's, that's awesome. Super well, easy to get to. That's so cool. It's so cool to hear about like what you're doing there. That's, that's Thank amazing. Lots to come visit. Yo, oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I know people too. So I'll definitely be sending them your way. Yeah. Oh.
Well, thank you so much for this chat. This has been wonderful. And I hope that you have a wonderful Sunday, rest of your day. Thank you everybody for listening so much. Is there anyone you wanted to shout out or anything before we end? Oh, well, you know, just uh, like I said, uh, just, just the hospital and stuff. You already did that. If anybody has a family member who's, uh, you know, struggling with cancer or autoimmune issues, uh, we do free doctor calls, free consultations. Even if we can't help, we'll try to point people in the right direction to where they're going. Um, I also have a supplement company called uh, healthquest365.com and where we make um, juices. They're originally made for cancer patients, but they're amazing for athletes and stuff. We also have a turmeric, which is a natural anti-inflammatory on there. That's way better for you than taking uh, Tylenol or something like that, Bill, something like that. So if people want to check that out, then it's a good one too. That's really cool. Yeah, that's what I take. Yep. So <laughs> turmeric. So. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much again. And thank everyone, I, I highly recommend going checking that out. All right, everybody. Have a great Sunday. Thank you. Sunday.